Let's go live with Jack Kelly. Welcome to the one-of-a-kind LinkedIn live show that will help you with your job search and advancing your career. We will bring in educated career experts who will share their insights and give you inside tips on how to be successful in your job search. Now let's get into today's show with your host, Jack Kelly. Hey, on LinkedIn Live with Jack Kelly, it is my honor, uh, privilege, really excited to have the, the Hannah Morgan. And, and Hannah, you're kind of a legend in the whole career space, right? I, I don't know. How, <laughs> I have to laugh. I'm not a legend. No? Are you sure? Like you're every, like you're, you have... You know, you have your weekly roundups, which is read by everybody. I you're, love you're, that. You know, you have also, you know, you you write so often, and you have such great insight. So, yeah, I would say kind of legendary. No, is that? Uh, that's a weird thing to hear. So is it? I'm not so sure about that. Okay. I, I'll tell you what it really okay. is, Jack. I love this space. I love learning about what's going on. I love talking to people about what's going on. I love helping people understand how to get through this process of job search better. Um, and so I'm just really fortunate. So anything else that happens because of that, hey, that's awesome. That's great. See, that's that's probably what you. I don't want to put words in there. That's probably what you talk with a lot of your clients about, right? Is that you want Isn't to find something? Isn't that the secret? Yeah, it's it the really secret. Is. And I was talking to um, Michael Quinn, who is another LinkedIn top voice, um, and I said, you know what? I and he said the same thing. He's like, we had no idea that this career coaching field existed prior to sort of getting into it. Um, and and I and I'd say that to so many people it, that my clients, anybody that I work with, I'm like, your goal is to learn and to to stumble across what that next great love thing is for you um, and it may not last forever we get burned out right but but when you find that thing that you want to live and breathe and it gets you up in the morning oh, there's no better feeling don't you feel that way absolutely now how did you how did you get into this yeah um, I was in HR for a while um, and I worked for a very large company when it was going through this growth spurt so I was thrown thrown into it. I had no idea what I was doing. So I learned about inside HR recruitment and all that stuff. And then I moved into an employee development role. And then I got on with um, an outplacement service company called Lee Hecht Harrison. And that is where I discovered, oh my gosh, you can do this for a living? People do this? So that's so cool. That's so, so it was cool. awesome. So, so in other words, so like you had the HR background, you had the corporate experience, you moved into Lee Hecht Harrison, which is an outplacement, dealing with job seekers, dealing with people in between. And then I guess what the light bulb went on, like, mm -hmm. wait a minute, this, this is cool. I'm helping people. I like what I do. Yeah. And is that, and then you're like, all right, yeah, this is my it. mission. Yeah. And that was what, how, how long ago? <sighs> well, so probably 2001, 2000 three, something like that, early 2000s. And, and so I was going along doing, you know, working for other people. And then 2008, nine hit. And that's where I'm like, oh, I need to go off and do this on my own because there are too many people that need help. So um, that's sort of when I started doing my own thing. But I've, I love, I, this is the other thing. And I think you're finding this too. Because I, I watched some of your interview yesterday with Lauren. She's brilliant. Isn't she She's wonderful? great, right? Um, but what I love is that this yeah. community that we're in of people who are, you know, helping with the, many of the recruiters have their niche, but the, the career space is really connected. The, there's such good um, um, cooperation with one another. We're all out 
for the the good of the job seeker um and and just working collaboratively to make sure that we're all staying on top of our game and that we're and i think that that's what you know i love about this too is that if we're really cutthroat and everybody was competing and they, they were being stingy then i don't think this would be as much fun i think people are just very generous with yeah. their their help and their information it's so funny hannah i noticed that because this is new to me i really i've been a recruiter for you know going on 25 years, CEO of a search firm. And I, I really wasn't aware of it because you know how it happens. You have blinders on, you're just doing what you're doing. So, and for recruiters generally, there's not a lot of that because you're competing against them. You know, you, you know let's say you're working on the same assignment I'm working on. I want, I want that the placement. candidate. <laughs> exactly. So you don't have that warm and fuzzy feeling. It's like, you, 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 might, be, you might have some frenemies but mostly you're like a little like leery and like looking at them, hmm, are they gonna get that candidate? Are they gonna steal my client? Yeah. But I do notice that for the last six, you know, four, six months that, you know, I launched Recruiter and really involved with, you know, helping people find jobs that I bumped into people like yourself and others. And I, and I, I and the cynical New Yorker in me is like, huh, how is this possible? Like, is this, yeah, come on. You know, how can you not, don't you want to get that client instead of someone else? But it does seem that, and I guess it's because like you said, people, you just want to help. And maybe this is going to sound kind of crass, but there's so many people who need help because of what the job market's like that, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of needs. Well, yeah, and I think that, that part of that is to, you know, we're not, uh, and a lot of us are not driven by money. I mean, everybody is to some extent, yeah. but I think it's really, there's a right fit, right? I, I'm not, I'm not a Cadillac. I am, you know, a Volkswagen. <laughs> um, and so those people that are looking for the Cadillac, they'll yeah. go find the Cadillac, you know? So I think there's enough of, uh, enough of people that are looking for different types of help. And there are enough people out there that the people can find what they're looking for. Yeah, that's great. Well, I just want to bring everybody up to date. So speaking with the legendary Hannah, Hannah Morgan. And if you have questions, feel free to shoot, you know, send over your questions. And Hannah, I, I don't mean to be rude of everyone. You see, I'm looking away because I have a chat here and Christine okay. and Nicole will send me if there's some questions. Okay. Maybe, maybe we could hold it towards the end. So if I'm looking away, I'm not being a jerk. I just try to see if, if there's also, stuff coming in. Yeah. Also, for, if they could tell us, because I'm, I'm new to this, if, you know, we go offline, if, you know, something goofy happens. Yep. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. So um, when I first got started, I was so yeah. lucky that there weren't a lot of people in this space, in the career space. And mm -hmm. so um, there was this core group of people that sort of banded together. And I met uh, and worked with, we, we would we'd share blog posts. We did sort of a, a collaborative blog posting thing together. And it was called Career Collective. It was awesome. And Miriam Saltpeter and Jackie Barrett Porndexter, um, they, they headed it up. And they rallied all of these really smart resume writers and career professionals. Uh, Professionals. And we worked together for about two years, just producing content and sharing articles collaboratively. And I think that that was really great. And I share this because it is a a true for any organization, for any individual, you want to find your quote unquote tribe, who are those people that you have something in common with, um, and, and hang with them, be with them, because we are greater together as a group than we are individually. And, and I think that that's the beauty. And that's 
that's one of the reasons why I've I've been working virtually. As a matter of fact, I wrote a book virtually with a woman mm-hmm. with Miriam Salpeter. We wrote a book together, but we'd never met. We went back and forth virtually. So when COVID hit and all of these people are saying, "Oh, it's awful," they're you know we can't meet. I'm like, "Oh, I don't mm-hmm. mind. It's the same thing for me. It's been going <laughs> like this it. for a while." Um, so I just say that you know things have been done collaboratively, collaboratively virtually for years. And I'm glad to see that the rest of the world is sort of beginning to embrace that because They're catching up to you. You're a trendsetter. <laughs> I'm not a trendsetter at all because I was behind a lot of other great yeah. people. The IT space has been doing this for years, yeah. right? But um, I-, I am glad because I think that opens up so many more possibilities. You're now not limited ge- to geography, right? You can work with and, and meet with anybody you want in the whole world. Um, and I think that that, I hope people see that job seekers see that as empowering if you want to meet somebody go meet them right there's no board there's no there's no limit to who you can meet so so you see things even though we're in the midst of eight months in or so of the pandemic that you still see a lot of opportunity that there's yes. a lot of that the future is kind of bright where a lot of people are kind of very you know sanguine and very negative about it but you seem very positive. And then, you know what, this leads into something I really like to know from you, because you do have your fingers on the pulse of what's happening. Maybe you could share, you know, with, with LinkedIn, what, like, what are the trends? What do you see? Where's the ball? Where's the puck going? What's going to happen next? You have oh, I wish insights? I had a crystal ball. Because right? if you would ask me in February, I didn't think this was going to go past no. de- December. Like, no. I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll get through this a few months. We'll be right back. Oh, absolutely. So this is, this is hard to sort of predict. Yeah. But when we look at what's happening like there's okay overall we lost a lot of jobs in a short amount of time but a lot of them have come back and oh by the way a lot of them were never even impacted right there are people who've been working remotely in for throughout this whole thing with no problem at all right they're still working and so that that's what in my mind makes this really different that people companies haven't shut down and closed their doors altogether there's still people working mm-hmm. um where we saw that happen is in the hospi- hospitality my heart breaks because those people who yeah. are in restaurants and hotels and the cruise line that that's i don't that needs something different that i i don't yeah. know how we bring them back they need they need yeah. government funding they need something but when you look at all the other industries that are growing, online t- education, huge, mm-hmm. right? That grew so fast. And the webinar technology and just all of the different services that have come up. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that anybody has to be in tech to get a job in tech because there's a whole back end side of things. So if you're in accounting or finance, tech companies need you, right? So I think that the key is to look at the growth industries and that's anything technology, anything sort of... Um, even mortgages, like in finance, like the interest rates are so low and companies who are doing processing mortgages are really um, overwhelmed with the number and the real estate market is doing really well. So anything to do with mortgages and real estate is doing really well right now. Um, I think that um, we just have to keep our eye on and be more creative and think about where our skill set, our love, our interests can fit into some of those growing industries. And again, we're not limited to geography. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything to do with distribution, like the Amazons of the world, but they're not the only one. There are lots of companies. Um, and if anybody's really creative, let me just tell you that right now, poor retail, yeah. mom and pop shops on down in downtown 
you know, your street USA, they need help. They need web developers. They need people who can bring their businesses online because if their business is not online, they're not going to be able to succeed. So there is a, a huge calling <laughs> for mm -hmm people to help these on these physical brick and mortar businesses get online. Um, and so if you can do that for people, that could be a great side hustle for somebody, go get them mm -hmm. up and running because they don't know what they're doing and they don't know where to start. Well, that's fantastic. And I think, I think that gives hope to people, you know, when you're, and you see this so often probably is that one month, two months, three months, four months, five months, six months go by and you start losing hope, you know, your, 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 your self-esteem drops, but it seems like your vision is, hey, there are things out there. There are growth opportunities. So for the people that would want to transition to, like you said, you're an accountant and maybe you're in hospitality or in the restaurant business, but that's not really doing well. And there are things that are doing well is if we tell people to, to transition over, is it possible? How hard is it? What should they be aware of? What should they do if they realize like where they are, it's just, it's maybe a dead end for a while. I know. And, and this is, I think, where, where I see people struggle, where I've seen yeah. job seekers struggle is they don't know how to show that they can do that role in a new industry yeah. or do a different role in a new industry or in the same industry. And I think that that um, if we could go to the Internet and search for it and find it, that would be super simple, but it doesn't work that way. I think that um, what I'd love to the advice I give is go become a master of that subject. So if you want to move from hospitality into mortgage backend stuff, then go talk to every person you know that's in the mortgage industry. Whether you know them or not, start with the people you know, but talk to everybody who's in the mortgage and learn what you can learn. Understand what's similar and what's different and what the day looks like and the technology they use and the and the and the way the company is structured. Learn everything that you can learn because then you as the job seeker know what the obstacles and hurdles are. You're going to know what the objections are. So if you understand that the person that you're going to be meeting that will say to you, you don't understand your te our technology because we use something different, you can say because you've done all this research, you know what, I came across that. But what I've realized is that the technology that I was using is very similar. It's based on the same kind of format or database, blah, 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 blah. And, and right. it wouldn't be that hard. As a matter of fact, I've been taking classes and other things because I love learning tech. So if you can help the end, the person, the, comp the employer understand that you can overcome hurdles and that you understand what the potential hurdles are, then that helps them feel yeah. less at risk. It feels less risky for them. So we though, the, the we the job seeker have to do the due diligence of understanding, okay, what would be the problem of me under moving into this role? And when we answer that question, we can put the answers in place. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense because it sounds like really what you're saying is, hey, if you're in a situation where there's not a lot of room for growth where you are now, and it might take a while for it to come back, to start looking at the industries you want to go to and then look at your skills, look what you have to offer, learn as much as possible, talk to as many people as possible so that you can kind of reposition yourself to get to that next place. Yeah. Um, Question can I have I, though, Hannah. Can I just say one other thing? Because course, yeah. jo Jobvite just, I don't know if anybody knows Jobvite. They're sort of a recruiting all-encompassing package and they just released their Recruiter Nation study. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and one of the things that they said in there is that right now, and I've heard others sort of mumblings of this from recruiters, I don't know if you've seen this too, is that right now recruiters are not as focused on the direct experience match as they may have been pre-pandemic. In other words, because some of their, their needs right now are sort of dire, important, urgent, they may be willing to overlook that direct industry occupation match up right now to fill some of these roles because right. they're so important. Um, it's generally not something that they are, would do, want to do, but in times of sort of need, they may be doing that. Have you seen that too? It's, it's interesting you say that because I'm glad you brought that up because that's, that's what I was going to ask you. What I find out, find as a recruiter is, and, and it could be differences. So to put it in perspective, because if you're, if you're, uh, let's say a contingency recruiter or you do an executive search, retain search, they're using your services because they want to find that exact, exact fit. And oftentimes it's hard to sell somebody who doesn't have the requirements. So, you know, if you have a job description that has 10, 12, you know, bullet points, they really want you to have all of them, if not more. And it's really, I find it, it's like, it's so tough sometimes for job seekers because, you know, I can't tell you how many, how, how many times I've heard over the years from people, you know, Hey, I'm smart. I have a great background experience. Yeah. I don't have all the ingredients, but I have like three out of 10, four out of 10, what have you. And they, if you give me a shot and oftentimes they won't give you a shot because they want the exact thing. And the reason I preface it for the recruiter, because I, I'm looking at it from the lens if they're reaching out and they're going to pay money, you know, pay a fee for it. So right. the, the you're a third high. party. Yeah. Right. So to be fair, it's a very difference. But what would you say to those? Like, how can they, okay. So you do your homework, right. And you learn all about it for those people who they're going for that job where they are smart. You went, maybe went to great schools and, you know, sometimes you meet people and you just know they're like a plus they got, it. they could, you could drop them in the desert somewhere and they'll find water. They'll build a city, those kind of people. How, how can they really sell themselves, market themselves to overcome that objective? Because that's out there. Like yeah, it is out there. there. And I think, so like let me just. Learning, anything else I can do? So you, as a third party uh, recruiter, have a little bit, you have a higher bar yeah. to reach. If I'm an internal recruiter, my, I don't have, right. the, I have a lower bar, right? So there's a difference in which mm-hmm. kind of recruiter we're trying to sell ourselves to. I think it's easier with an internal mm-hmm. recruiter than it would be to a third party recruiter. But I think that. Well, um, well you know what it's, it's not so much, it's not so much, the, it's not so much the outside. It's more of the internal folks. They're, they're, I think their mindset is this. Hey, I'm paying Jack a 20, 25% fee. And this is what I wanted to also do with this whole LinkedIn Live. Let, let's pull back the curtain. Let's be transparent yeah. about everything so people know what goes on behind the scenes. So they're going to say, hey, we're going to pay Jack 20, 25% of the base on your salary to get the person. So if we're going to pay that fee, we damn well want to get someone who could do everything. So they're thinking, it's like on their side saying, and then to be fair, what you're saying, the recruiter knows that. So the recruiter has to really scrutinize the resumes. And that's why a lot of people get ticked off with recruiters because they don't realize it. And they think, why are you barring me from going to this company? And this is, this is what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. And your reputation is at stake, right? So if you yes. put forward a candidate that's awful, um, that the cl- client doesn't like, then, exactly. then they may not come back and do business with you. So exactly. there's a lot at stake for you too. And I get that. I think that, you know, whatever a job seeker can do to make that pitch easier, better for the recruiter, 
is a win, right? So that, putting knowledge in place or even having a better conversation with the recruiter. I don't know if people really do a good job trying to ask the recruiter, what is it they're really looking for? What are the challenges on the horizon? What do you think this company is really going to need? Because if I knew that, there's probably stuff in my background or on my resume or that I haven't talked about, but I could include. And I think that um, you know, it might be an outside interest I have. If we can find as many as a job seeker, if we can find as many things in po- in the plus column mm-hmm. that may be bonuses, while we might not have everything, but we have these other things that could add up, right? Then we've done our, the best we can possibly do to say, you know what? I know I don't have this, but this is what I do have. Ba boop, ba boop, ba boop, ba boo. Are those things valuable? Wait, is, are those technical terms? The boop, 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 boop. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> that that I, I should be aware of. Okay. <laughs> Oh my! Right, so they have the boot. So, I, I got a question. We got a question coming in. This this is it's uh, kind of on on the heels of what you're saying. It, a lot of and I see this, and I, I'm really curious about what you see too. I've noticed that a lot of job seekers, they don't know how to really market and sell themselves. And I why would on. they? Why would they know? Well, I, you know, this is what's funny because I would think just I don't know if you've been work in the work world ten years or so. They didn't you, have to market themselves at work; they just did their job well and they got you promoted. Think that's it? You think that's it? Like, like, yes. hey, I'm good at what I do. I don't have to sell myself. Right. And now when the music stops, you, know, you play like, like, you know, you know, the music stops. You don't have a chair. You're like, oh, what do I, what do I do? I never right. had to fight for a chair. I don't know what yeah. you know. Yeah, and let me go take so, this so back. It's, it's okay. They didn't have to, so they don't have it. They don't really have those those the, their elevator pitch, whatever you want to call it, how to market themselves. So do you they find that too? That. That? Why would they have that when they go around the room in a meeting? All yeah. they say is, "I'm Jim from accounting." <laughs> yeah. That's it. Right, right, right. So they've never had to use these skills. I mean, yes, some of them have. And the higher up the food chain, like the CEOs, they know how important this is, right? So they do a better job. They probably do a better job marketing their company than they do themselves. But I, I think right. that we just have we've missed the boat on educating people. We have been trained and I think there's still a mindset. If I do my job well and I work for that company, they're going to reward me and take care of me. And that's all I need to do. And that's just not the way world works. And the company is not going to take steps to help educate their employees yeah. on how to market themselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's give you lessons and how to interview so we can lose but the you. good companies should yeah. do that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because they know that they are, that's creating the great experience yeah. for, and I will remember that company remember that first company i worked for they taught me how to market myself i will always remember them and be grateful to them for that it's so interesting because now that you brought it up there there is a time where i would you know we place uh compliance people these are the people who are trying to make sure that um people aren't trading on inside information they're not trying to use banks to launder money you know things of that nature and it was so hot because there's so many scandals and so many issues that when you would interview someone they would be more like you know, you know, you know how they're sitting back and like, like, okay, what do you have for me? I already have an offer here. I have something over there. Or they just feel like, hey, I've been doing this 20 years. Why? And it almost feel insulted yeah. that you're asking them to tell about yourself. Like, well, you should know how awesome I am, how great I am. And, and I, I am not exaggerating. Or it, it's, it's even worse, but I don't want to, like, you know, make fun of anybody or be disparaging. But yeah, you would have this like, like, how, you know, look, just look at my resume. Look who I am. What would you say? Like, how do you coach people who be, who don't have the experience 
marketing themselves, selling themselves. A lot of people also feel uncomfortable selling themselves. I'm a shameless promoter. I don't care. But like most normal people are like very awkward. What what would you say to them? So so I think that's like hitting the nail on the head here, Jack, is that we find, you know, there were always large numbers of people who are unemployed and they do not have the marketing tool set to go out there and, and get a job. They don't. They don't mm-hmm. know how to write a resume. They don't know how to give their pitch. They don't have a strategy for how to find jobs. You mean you don't just go apply online for a job? Like, mm-hmm. that's all they know to do. So I don't know how we get the word out on what you're supposed to do for job search, right? Because it, it, it makes me sad. You would think that by now, at this point in time, we we need to teach our kids this like my kids all know (laughs) but everyone should be teaching your kids this is how you look for a job because this is and that changes right and that's the other bad advice that goes out there you know you can't always follow your parents advice because the way they did it 25 30 years ago is the way you do it today but marketing is marketing and so I think that people have to take the time. There are enough good articles out there online. There are LinkedIn courses. Oh my gosh, LinkedIn's already pre-screened some of the best providers, the best information out there. If you're new to job search, go take the LinkedIn courses on job search. Like that's it. Yeah. Period and check mark. I wish I had created some of those. I'm sure, you know, but the people who are doing those are awesome. I know all of those people and they're brilliant people. Go follow their advice. It's out there and it's free. Free. So, you know, if I'm, I'm imagining, I'm not sure how this works as a career. What would you call it? Would you define yourself a career coach? I'm a job or? search strategist is okay. what I am. <laughs> so then if you get some a, cl- a customer or client in, do you, do you then walk them through all these steps of what to do or it's case by case? How does that work in terms of just getting them in the right frame of mind? Yeah. And- so he, here's the thing. I have I have a, a separate business that runs a five-day course as well mm-hmm. um, that in the day of being able to meet personally, we would meet in a classroom. And that was so, so, so important. And in that class, see, this is what happens. You can't just meet with somebody once and expect them to get mm-hmm everything that they need. So you really need to take them through a process. In that five-day course, I would, we would take them through the steps and and working together to get there. So that was brilliant. When I work with people independently, it gets a little trickier for me because I, um, I don't know if anyone else has this problem. I don't know if you have this problem, but I'm not good at managing my time. (laughs) So to get myself involved in a long-term relationship with somebody online to help give them coaching services just doesn't work for me. Um, So what I do is I will help them on specific things that I know that I can have an immediate impact with them on. So I'll do, uh, you know, a LinkedIn checkup session with them where we walk through their, uh, I review their LinkedIn profile, give them a critique, and then I walk through that profile with them step-by-step and we talk about this is what you need to do in each one of the seconds. I'm not going to write it for them because I truly believe that by you got to teach them to fish, right? They need to learn how to do this stuff themselves because they're going to be in job search again. And if I do it for them, they haven't learned. So I want them to learn how to do that. Um, I also do a job search strategy where I say, let's just talk on the phone or mm-hmm. Zoom and let me, t- walk, let me tell me what you're doing with job search and let me critique it. And I'm going to tell you exactly what you should be doing based on what it is you're looking for and, and what you're doing already. So, um, and then I do a mock interview because I know that people need practice interviewing. So let's do a mock interview together. And so people will book a mock interview with me. Send me your job description. I'm going to interview you for half an hour and provide you 30 minutes of feedback. I'm going to record it and send it to you. And you know exactly what you need to do better next time. So I'm really about taking tangible steps. It's hard for me to get into the heady stuff. I know the emotional roller coaster of job search is something that is 
probably the biggest. You know, that's good because we did just get a question about that. Like, how do you how do you keep you know your confidence up? How do you stay motivated yeah. when it's just like. <laughs> I'll paraphrase, but it's just like rejection, rejection, rejection. How, yeah, how do you I know, cope? right? That is that is the biggest challenge. And I would just is talk it? to a group of job seekers that have yeah. been out since February. And I give them full credit for stay, sticking with it. It becomes so hard. It's like trying to push a mountain up, a rock up a hill, a mountain a boulder up a mountain, right? right? But here's what I, I will tell anybody who is discouraged. You need to find an accountability partner or an account, accountability team, a group of people, pre preferably people who are job seeking, that will work together to hold you accountable. Because if you're not if you're working alone, silo in your own little office, it's really easy to get down in the dumps. You feel like you're the only one going through this. Yes. You've got nobody to bounce ideas yeah, off of, so nobody to true. troubleshoot with. Yeah. You have to, have to, have to yeah. work with somebody else. That's so true. Do you find this? Because I definitely find this speaking to people. It's they they withdraw, in my opinion, what I, what I see happens, they kind of withdraw and pull back because they feel it's just them. And there's like a little bit of guilt, a little bit of embarrassment. But then once they realize, oh, wait a minute. I mean, intellectually, they know so many people laid off, but emotionally, they, it's hard to process it. But then when they realize there's so many other people, okay, it's not just me. There's so many other people going through these. Oh, I think you just might have froze. Do you, I, do you still? Uh... I know you sort of froze too. I can hear you, but I can't see you moving. Oh, no. I was just looking at my. Okay, room. I think you just froze for a second. Are we back? Guys, hello. I can see you. What? Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, that right, emotional. I think it just froze for uh, a little bit. Yeah. You're back. That emotional um, okay. and that feeling of shame, embarrassment, I'm the only one, I'm damaged goods, yeah. that's completely normal. And and so, you know, the other thing that I say is that working alone, don't work alone, because when you work alone, you're going to get stuck in your own misery, right? And that's so easy to do. But there are other things mentally and physically we can do for ourselves. We can um, meditate or yoga, whatever kind of you Mental spoke about expert. Lauren. She made fun of me for that. So I'm glad you're sticking up for me. Because Lauren on the left. Absolutely. I heard her make fun of you. No, it's absolutely. <laughs> she, she was ragging on me for, for saying that. So thank you. I'm glad you're on my side on this. So talk yeah, about right. Because yeah. our mental well being impacts everything else that we do. That's and what I think. That's what I think. Sure. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's absolutely. And if you read what's like, I'm all excited because this yeah. is such a huge topic right yeah. now, especially because of the pandemic, right? We're already stressed yes, and feeling exactly. anxious about this whole pandemic. If you add job search on top of that, I, that's so a quadruple much. whammy. Oh my God. It's, I, I can't even imagine how tough it is. Cause then if, even if you add, you know, they, they say people only have like three months of emergency funds. So then if you add on top of it, you don't have the money. Maybe your kids are going to college. The tuition bills are there. Oh my God. I mean, it yeah. is, it is, has to be one of the most stressful things ever. It, absolutely. Right. That very few things are as stressful as this right? is what they're going through. So mental awareness, like right. sometimes it's even spiritual, like getting in touch with whatever spiritual belief you have. If you haven't been in tune with that for a while mm -hmm. now might be a great time. Physical exercise is great. And it doesn't have to be, you know, I'm going to go to the gym and work out. It can simply be walking um, and getting exercise. That's great for the endorphins and the mental mm -hmm. chemicals. And right. um, 
volunteering. We can all find a way to volunteer right now, even during a pandemic. When you're giving back to other people, there's a great feeling of satisfaction and, and you really do begin to realize, oh, well, maybe things aren't as bad as I thought they were. Look at, you know, right, look right. what else is going on out there. So there's so many ways people can put um, systems and things in place to make themselves feel more mentally healthy. But th that's a real issue right now. Absolutely. What do you think about if you're having that hard time finding it, finding that next job, would you recommend to people to take a job, even if it's a little or far below what they're doing, just to get back in the, in, in the swing of things? Or even if it's like, you know, it's not going to be forever, but just, just, just to... I don't make yourself feel better. Right. So think? here's the thing, Jack, right? I think it depends on the individual. Right. Right. Uh, for anybody that is panicked financially, they absolutely need to go out and get any mm -hmm. kind of job that pays some money tomorrow. Right. That's job one. If you're if you're nervous about your finances, you've got to take something away and, and reduce that that frustration, that fear that is driving you, because you're not going to be able to job search if you're fearful of not being able to pay your bills. You've got to go do something. So even if the job doesn't pay everything that you need, that there's still going to be a gap, at least it stops some of the financial ble bleeding. And as you said, it makes you feel valued again. Right. I've got a purpose. I've got something to do. OK, I'm going to overlook the fact that it's not my dream job, but it's something and I'm bringing in money, which is better than not bringing any money at all. That little change can make a big difference to somebody. Now, what that means is you have to continue job searching, right? Outside of that other job that you have, you have to be looking for that next great job, whatever that looks like. But yeah, for a lot of people- I agree with you up. so much about that because it's a lot of times it's mo momentum. If, if you have things going, if, and, and as the advice you're giving, let's say you get that job, it's not perfect, but it's something you can get out there. Maybe if you're not face-to-face -face where you're working, but you're gonna start interacting with people online, you just get that momentum. You're meeting more people, you're having action, you're feeling a little better, you have a reason to wake up in the morning, and then it leads to it. And I find conversely, if you don't do that, you just kind of go backwards. You don't even stay the same. It's just, you slowly, you know, roll backwards. So you, you almost have to find ways, like you're saying, volunteering, doing something productive so you can feel good about yourself. You can feel, you know, productive. So that's, I think that's really good advice. Yeah. Well, you, you said it and I'm going to say, yeah, it's really good advice. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I can say I give good advice. Hey, good yeah. advice, Jack. Yeah, that was really smart. You're great. <laughs> so, uh, in terms of some, some of the new trends that are out there, I don't know even if you could say trends in recruiting and in, in, in job search and interviewing, are there things that people should be aware of, um, good, bad, and different? Because you seem to always kind of know where things are headed. I wish I knew where everything was headed. Yeah. I'm just sort of reading what other people say yeah. are having, well, headed. I'm like, oh, yeah, is. that makes sense. But that is what it is. So, so it is. Like you synthesize what you see and then you kind of put it together like, hmm, okay, this is probably where it's, where, what's happening. Yeah. So virtual interviewing is not going away. Okay. Right. This is this is an easy fix to the problem for a lot of uh, recruiters right now. Yes, m the majority of them would love to do face to face interviewing. But when you think about the benefits to both parties, right, they don't have to get in their car. They don't have to drive yeah. the stress, the anxiety, getting dressed up and traveling and finding a new like it's a win win. I'm not saying it's going to replace all of the interviewing, but I really would expect moving forward that the first few interviews will always will probably continue to be virtual and then they bring in the, the final candidate for the in-person like that would be my prediction prediction mm -hmm. I just think there are too many benefits um, involved in in the virtual interviewing process time saving money saving 
resource saving. Right. There's just a huge, and I think it's very much like working remotely, right? Oh, this, we can't make it work. Yes, we can make it yeah. work. So I think that it, in the future, we'll see more of that um, continuing even beyond the pandemic, the, the video interviewing. And, and that just means for job seekers that aren't comfortable video interviewing that you need to practice and get good at it. Because I really, video is not going away. And I, a lot of people have been successful in working video and getting their message across video and coming really uh, you being human on video so it doesn't have to be this i need to be in person because they don't come across well we'll fix it if you don't come across well <laughs> right. right good identify that yeah. now fix it That's, it's and it's it's so funny because i remember even pre-covid i um you know i was commuting to manhattan i live in new jersey suburban new jersey commute to manhattan and it's, even though it might be 40 minutes or 30 minutes without traffic it's an hour and a half. It's two hours. It's just horrible, right? Yeah. And I was worried that my kids were getting older and I'm going to be the dad who comes home cranky and irritable, plops on the couch after dinner, and they're going to remember, you know, that's how they're going to remember me. And in my town, there's like one office building, you know, some, some suburbs have these office parks. This is like one building and it's both a, a figurative and a literal sign saying space wanted. And I went with my son, we took a look. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to open a separate office there. And, and it was really a great life work balance. I think I, I do feel I probably suffered in terms of the business. It probably slowed down a bit because I was there, but I did get back my family. And what I noticed is I started doing, so this is even a few years, this is like probably three years ago, maybe ish. I would do video calls with people. You know, it wasn't Zoom at the time, but you know, FaceTime, Google chat. And it was so much easier because like you were saying in Manhattan, You'd have to get out and make an excuse to your boss. You have to go through traffic, get the train. Then you come into my office and you're all rumpled and sweaty if it's the summer. And then you're <laughs> nervous because you got to run back because, you know, everyone in the office knows when you do that. Here, it, it was so awesome, Hannah, because you'd see their, like, as soon as like you log on, you'd see their face. They'd be like, oh, this is cool. This is interesting. Yeah. And it was so much more casual. And I would get so much more out of the interviews because it was a casual thing. And I didn't dress up. I'm just wearing this now because I want to be a contrarian because everybody's like wearing their pajamas and t-shirts. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to be old school. I'm going to go back and be a little different. But, but back when I was doing that, I was you know, kind of sort of casual and they were casual and you got so much out of them. Mm -hmm. You really, you got to really know them so much better when you took away all, all the like the phoniness of it all, you know? Mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah. So and I'm the pretentiousness, like everyone's yes. putting on this act. Right, right? you put on this, yeah, this face, like, <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. You know? Do you notice yeah. this too? When, when, when you speak with people, they feel, oh, okay, I'm, speak I'm speaking to Hannah Morgan. All right, I got to put on. So they do this and all of a sudden they give a different personality. And you're like, wait, what? How is that good? Be yourself. Be authentic. Right. Well, and uh, yeah, because I'm always myself. I'm not going to be something that I'm not. So uh, we can smell phony a mile yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't understand that. Uh, it doesn't work because in yeah. the end, I'm going to see the real you anyway. And then by that point, I'm already, I'll dismiss you. Yeah. So you have the virtual. Any, any other things that you see that maybe job seekers would want to know? And also... Not, not to disregard people who have jobs, but are just figuring out, like, what can I do now? How can I, you know, there's this, we're in this area and time period of transition. You know, how can I take advantage of it? How can I maybe move 
Yeah. You know, not that I have to, but like, hey, there could be opportunities. So there are, I guarantee you, there are opportunities out there right now for people who are employed. They just don't know about them. Mm -hmm. Right. And people don't know about. So I say, don't be a well-kept secret. People have to know all the time what your passion is, what your interest is, what you're really good at doing. And the only way that's going to happen is if you're talking to people and that you're getting the message out. So, um, you know, LinkedIn is a really passive way of doing that. I would love to see people be more purposeful and strategic and, and anybody who's working or not working, where, who are the companies that you might like to work for? Dream companies. Maybe they're companies that you use their product or service that you love. Arrange an informational conversation with people inside that company. Start with one, talk with another, talk to another. And each conversation, you're building a new relationship. But you're being strategic and purposeful about that. So whether or not you're working or not working, it shouldn't matter. We should always be doing this. It's almost like doing competitive research um, or market research. We want to understand what the market looks like before we go put ourselves out there. So go have those conversations on an ongoing basis. And oh, by the way, yeah, you know what? If your presence on LinkedIn is not strong, you might want to fix that because it's a great way to stay in touch and stay top of mind with your connections. And I don't know why people are not doing that. I know why. They don't know what to say. Right. That's okay. Can, can, can I ask you a Because so two questions popped in that to, to answer. So one was like, all right, so how do you then get in touch with those people at the different companies? Is there kind of a strategy, a way? And how do you do it if you're kind of introverted? You I'm know? an introvert. I don't talk to <laughs> anybody. Wait a minute. You, you yes. come across so extroverted and so no, positive. You know and so... what? And this is true for introverts too. That yeah. When you get them talking about something that they really care about, they get all yeah. animated. So I, yes, I'm totally an introvert. I am fearful of reaching out That's to people so... I don't know. I don't like going to network really? meetings. Thank God. I'm, I'm glad we don't have to. But this is what I'm going to say. When I have something really um, that I want to research or I don't know people that I need to know, I have two people in my network that know everybody. So this is what I do. I use my current now we're gonna say hey ann i'd really love to talk to somebody at xyz company do you know them she's like oh yeah i'll introduce you so my friend ann is the ultimate connector we all have those extroverts in our in our life that love people that have lots of relationships and would easily make the introduction so don graham uh, just posted a video on linkedin today about always start with the people you know never assume that your current network is not valuable it's so valuable so start with the people you know and ask them Hey, I'd love to talk to somebody at ABC Company. Who do you know? Talk to everybody in your existing network because they're more likely to give you that referral to make that introduction for you, right? So I don't know why we don't start there. We automatically assume that nobody in our network knows this person and we go try and reach out to them cold. But reaching out cold is really hard. You've got to give this person a lot of good evidence, proof of why you want to have a conversation. And then they have to have free time on their schedule, which we know people don't have a lot of free time. So I think there are too many obstacles to going in cold. Now, if you asked everybody in your network and nobody knows this person, knows anybody inside the company, then yeah, you can go to LinkedIn, find the person that you want to talk to and, and try to find something in common with them. Did they go to the 
the same school? Did they used to work at the same company? Are they a member of a similar organization? You're going to have to draw some common point there. I'd love to t reach out and connect with you. We share a lot of common interests, such as blah, 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 without lying, right? And then take, let's connect on LinkedIn. So that's step one. Then after they've connected and they've accepted your relation, your connection to request, that's where you say, thank you so much for connecting. Um, this is what I'd love to do. Could we have a quick conversation? I'd like to ask you some questions about this, whatever this is, right? But don't try and do all that in the same message. Like, let me connect because I want to ask you questions because that's too forward. That's like saying to somebody, hey, I've just met you. Do you want to get married? Yeah. I love your advice about finding the connected because I think that probably resonates with everybody because we all know in our own circle, there's that one person who knows the best restaurant to go to, knows the major d, knows the best bar, knows the bartender who's going to give you free drinks. Like there's always that one person, right? Who knows all that. So like maybe just start with that because then it makes your life a little easier because then you're kind of leveraging that person to do some of the, you know, the hard work for you. Yeah, they smooth and, the path for yeah, us. And yeah, and there are people who are like that. Yes, yeah. I know. There are lots yeah, of yeah. them. <laughs> That's a really good idea. I love that. I'm going to steal that idea if you don't mind. Yeah. So. Go ahead. Yeah, so yeah. here's my whole thing. I don't own a boat, but I know <laughs> lots of friends that own boats and yeah. that's just great, right? They love <laughs> so, inviting me on their boats because I bring the beer and you right, know, right. whatever. So, right, right. so, so you take have... care of the connector. Yeah, right. we don't okay. have to have the that's greatest awesome. network. We just need to know somebody who does. Isn't it funny how sometimes it boils down to like these, when you hear it, you're like, oh, wow, that makes sense. But like, you don't think of it yourself. But once you hear it, you're like, oh my God. Yeah, it's like, that's that's brilliant. That's perfect. You because know, we all have that. We all have that person. Yeah. You know, and we leverage that. Now, I had another follow-up question, too. From marketing on LinkedIn, it's kind of similar to what we were just talking about and just finding somebody. It's like, what do you do? How do you start? I've noticed, and I've definitely heard from people, they just feel uncomfortable putting themselves out there. Would yeah. you have suggestions? They need to listen to yesterday's show that you did with Lauren. Mm -hmm. Because Lauren, I love Lauren's story of how she was regularly commenting on yeah. your posts and finally so she yeah, got yeah, on yeah. your radar and yeah. so by the time she invited you to connect you yeah. already knew who she was and it was easy to have that conversation that whole formula is exactly what we want people to do right you can't you've got to stalk people you've got to be specific and leave meaningful com comments on what they're posting engage with them on linkedin Right. I don't think people really have to post all that much. Uh, what I think is more valuable and where when you're trying to grow your network and grow your reputation, comment being go good at commenting and engaging with people in the comments on LinkedIn is probably even better than posting your own content because people will have a hard time posting their own content. Right. That's scary. Yeah. They don't know what to say. But if you're commenting, you're just building on the thoughts, ideas and asking questions and learning from others. So so really. I think that's what happens. People stress themselves out. Hey, I got to come up with this original content and it's not easy to do and you're not sure, but it's a little easier to have those comments. You know, someone says something, you respond, you, you but real, like give real responses, not just, oh, Hannah, that Good. was smart. Nice. You know, just like give a little bit, you know, something. And I like what you say too. And you know what? I got to do more of this too. Whereas let's say, um, you know, I want to interview, I don't know, let's, uh, whoever is some really super important person, I should start doing that as well. I should take that advice. And you know what, to be very honest, maybe, maybe I was a little nervous myself for not doing it, but not like even consciously thinking about it. So, you know what I mean? Like there's so many people out there who, you know, you see their stuff and I'm not talking about like with career, I'm just talking just in general that you're like, yeah. wow, they have some really interesting stuff. I, sh I, I would love to talk to them and write about them. And you know what, I'm going to do that. I'm going to try Hannah, seriously. 
Yeah, do, do that. that. Here's I'm going to write a list. And, and what I'm going to do, just I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to try this out and I'm going to let you know. And I'm going to hold let myself me know. accountable. Yeah. So you know Gary Vaynerchuk? You know Gary? I know who he is, but not. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I fell in love with his books, and I read all his books, and then he got that was you know just as he was getting started with the whole wine online business thing. So I've been following Gary for a really, really, really long time, and at one point, oh, where is it? I've got like a little tchotchke he sent me. Um, I was commenting on his Twitter post because, but this was before Insta and all that stuff. So I comment. I would regularly comment on his Twitter on his tweets and. He would use my name sometimes. Um, And that's how, I mean, I don't think he would remember me today, but I clearly, very clearly remember that because he was somebody that I was really thought was doing it right. And he, he used my name. So. So that's cool. Isn't that cool? You get that little feeling like, oh, wow. All right, cool. Gary. But how, how, what would you suggest this? So let's say you really wanted to get Gary for whatever, whatever reason, right? Do you feel, because I'm being very honest, I would feel a little weird, like, okay, I'm trying to get in t- touch with him. I don't want to be like a creepy, you know, hey, I love you. You're great. Like, how would you? And then also, these some of these people have huge followings. So you get yeah. lost. How do you make sure you don't get lost? Yeah, it would be easy thing. to get lost, I, I yeah. think, today, like with Gary. Yeah. But I think the majority of people that we want to talk to, really, we wouldn't. Yeah. wouldn't be that hard to get on the radar but so you have to understand the personality like so if it were gary like gary's mm. really a risk taker and he's all you know he's very fast talker he's in new jersey right mm. so you know how those new jersey people think <laughs> um i i would find either something in common because we know that jerry that gary loved the jets he didn't even want to buy the jets at one point or something yes. i would use something that would get on either be his line of thinking um, that would get him to respond like humor, like he would do. Um, or I would reference something about the jets or I would go back and look at some of his, you know, older tweets or older content and, and say, Hey, but at one point you said this, how come you're changing your tune? Like, so I think that if you have studied the subject matter well enough, you can, and this is probably what people in the FBI do, like, or the mm-hmm. CIA, right? They know their targets. They know them well. If you know the person well enough and you've seen other things that they've responded to and the types of things that they've responded to, you can probably try and emulate some of that yourself. What, what do you think about this? Two different steps. What if, so you say, let's say Gary, turn back the clock and you wanted to get on his radar for whatever, you know, whatever reason. Do you have, first, I guess you should probably find out where, what mediums, because we've been talking a lot about LinkedIn, but, right? yeah. but then there's Facebook, there's Twitter. And, and then as a, maybe follow-up to this, like if you, if, you, if you have some advice about the other platforms, do you find out like what their favorite platform is? And is there a way maybe you could follow it? So, you know, as soon as they post, I, and I wonder if this would work, <clears throat> as soon as they post, if you're like one of the first ones to respond and do that regularly, will they notice? And then by the time you want to give your ask about something, they already kind of know who you are. Is yeah. that, would that make sense? Would that yeah, be yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you're onto something too, because, you know, we have so many choices today, LinkedIn, Twitter, yeah. Instagram, um, YouTube, like there's so many different channels that people are on. We really want to sort of find out and we could do this. Where are they most active? Like I just tagged somebody in a LinkedIn um, comment today because I was looking for some feedback and he hasn't gotten back to me. I don't think he's active on LinkedIn, but I know where he is active. So I can track him down and get him to comment on something. So I think that you're Mm. right. People are active on more active on different platforms. I have always been in love with Twitter because I have found that 
for anybody who's still active there at all, they tend to respond better on Twitter than they do on LinkedIn or, or Facebook or other places. So, but I think this, the secret is to find out what their favorite platform is, where are they most active, where do they seem to be doing the, the quickest or the most response. Um, and, it, you know, it's sometimes it's just trial and error. So when I was writing a book, I was um, reaching out to a lot of people who did infographic resumes and they were mm -hmm. graphic designers and stuff. And I could find their um, email and I sent them all an email, but a lot of times they wouldn't respond to me through email because you know how much spam we get. So I would always go and say, okay, where else are the, is this person active? And I would have to do some digging, like, but I would go to Twitter or I would go to, Inst but I think it was again before the days of Insta. I'd go to their personal profile, their personal website, and I would leave comments on all different platforms saying, hey, I just sent you an email. I'd love to get your permission to use your right. work and a book that I'm writing. And most of the time it was through Twitter that I would get a response. That's interesting. And with Twitter, I've noticed with Twitter, it's, you have, you have to have like a really out there opinion on one side, you know, whatever side it is to get noticed. But I guess you don't have to feel that way. Cause I think a lot no. of people are a little kind of concerned about Twitter that you know, it's just a big cesspool at times, but now, you yeah. know. I think people but, lose sight of Twitter and, and yeah. I wish people more under, like I have found a way to make Twitter work for me and it really is in creating lists. So I have lists for the different types of people I follow. I have a list of recruiters. I have a list of career experts. I have a list of friends. I have a list of people in Rochester. So when I go to Twitter in the morning, I'm like, okay, I want to check and see what's going on in the world of technology. So I go to my technology list and then I'm seeing all the tweets from people that I have I have labeled categorized in my Twitter list as being technology related. So it's all right there. It's all one topic, right? So that worked for me. Um, but I think lists are really underutilized, and I think they're a great way to make Twitter more useful, more yeah, purposeful. Yeah, and I, I'm on. I'm I'm passively on Twitter, but for job seekers or people who are career. They should have what? a list of target companies. So one of their okay. private lists will be target companies. The other will right. be industry news. Wait, wait, so when you say targeted, so so let's say you're looking at whatever, you did tech space. So you have a list of the ones you want to work for and you have that list. So this way you know what's going on there. So you're familiar, yeah. so you can tell. Because a lot okay. of companies are posting job opportunities on Twitter. Okay. So that's good advice. What about Facebook and Instagram? Do you think, is there, is there value for people, job seekers or just who want to advance their career? I, I think... I think it depends if okay. you if people are already active on those two platforms, fa Facebook and Instagram, they're already using it, they've already got connections, yeah. why wouldn't they use that for their job search too, right? That's already something. So that, so if nothing else, they could reach out to or make sure make a post on Insta saying, hey, for all of my friends, I don't know if you know this, but I'm in transition. These yeah. are some of the companies I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to make sure you all knew if you know anybody like you have the permission to do that once you can't do that every week. You can't do that every <laughs> But you you get one announcement, right? That you can let your your friends and family and connections on right. Instagram know. How Don't keep it a secret. See, that could be a really interesting, you know, strategy, Hannah. Because I'm thinking that sometimes if you go where it's not crowded, you could stand out more. So let's say you know you you go on Twitter, you go on Instagram, you go on Facebook, where maybe not, and maybe that people don't think that's not the go-to for a job, and somehow you you understand the medium and you, and you act accordingly, you can probably maybe get the attention of people there. Yeah. And I wonder too, like with, let's say, like you talked about Gary Vee, right? Imagine, I wonder if let's say there's some platform that he's really not big on. Do you then maybe choose that one? Because when he looks, he's not gonna find 
you know, 500 people making comments. So fine, you know, 10, and then you stand out more and then more appreciative because like, all right, I need help in this platform. Hannah keeps and Jack keeps sending stuff out and it, it makes a mental thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think Facebook is, again, same thing on Facebook. We have so many friends on Facebook that we're not friends with on LinkedIn and our worlds <clears> are not work and home. Like our worlds collide. They, if we didn't learn that during the pandemic, we haven't learned that lesson. Anyway, but as a recruiter, I really, I didn't use Facebook too often. And now I'm starting to do much more because it always felt like people feel I'm invading their privacy. Like, you know, you know, I don't want to like be connected with them on Facebook because then people might, my friends might see. But what would you suggest? Like, is there a, a way that people could use Facebook to their advantage? Because I don't know so, if I see that too often. So here's the deal. I, I, um, I, I have two pages. I have two, I have a personal page right. on Facebook and I have a business page, right? A personal profile, whatever. So I, I try and keep the two separate because I don't want my friends constantly seeing my work stuff. Cause if they want to see my work stuff, they can go like my page. Right. So when I'm on Facebook, I, for personal stuff, I, am, um, I, I join groups that have to do with careers and right. recruiting. And so the Facebook groups are really great for that. And then I'm in a LinkedIn group too. Um, a, a Facebook group about LinkedIn usage. Right. So what Facebook groups are great for is meeting people, getting into a group where you're sharing a common interest related to your career or whatever, and, uh, and be engaging, meeting people in that group. It, it's great, right? So you don't, it, it's like just better than LinkedIn groups because LinkedIn groups drop the ball. Um, Nothing happens there, right? It seems like a No, it's too bad. But I have met so many really great people um, in these Facebook groups. And so for job seekers, it, you know, think about industry groups, occupation groups, even geography. A lot of times um, there'll be a job seekers group for Rochester, New York. Join that group and see who's in that group. The other thing that you can do is, the, um, what was the other train of thought there? People are lost my train of thought so yeah it was just like what other like what are the places you could kind groups. of put it so uh, so you have the, so you facebook you go on the groups um you uh and they're very you know i see because again i i'm kind of new to being on facebook because I, with this whole you know recruiter thing we set up a we meet up group where you have people get together and have online calls and you could see the interaction where before I always thought of Facebook is like, okay, you're just going to be yelling about politics and argue with each other. And I didn't realize there's a whole other world out there. So yeah. yeah, I think that's a good idea. Instagram, I like how you said that too. You can't abuse it, but if you go on there and say, hey, here's the situation, help me out. I mean, I've, I've had friends on my Facebook page that have done that. They've yeah. said, hey, I don't know if you know this, but I'm out of work. So if you come across any jobs in this area, let me know. And I would watch the comments and there would be a yeah. lot of people offering up help and advice. So, you know, our friends, our connections are there to help us on Facebook as well as wherever else we are. So this is good because you were answering a lot of questions because I was a lot of these questions I was asking were coming from the people, and I was pretending it was me. So, because I was such, I'm such a good interviewer. But <laughs> we were, we were, you were, so you were addressing a lot of it, which is good. Uh, any other? Do you have any other thoughts that maybe I didn't ask or come up where, whether it's a technology job seekers, people want to advance their career, could use, or 
You know, yeah, let's talk about that because <laughs> while we're all cooped up in our houses still, I don't, and we're headed into winter and I, and I, I'm in upstate New York. Yeah. So chances are pretty slim <laughs> that we're going to be all open and doing life as normal. Oh, that's going to be rough, yeah. right? <laughs> cold. Oh my gosh. So I, you know, again, I'm going to push back and say every single person should be investing a little bit of time every week and learning something new and mm-hmm. utilizing LinkedIn learning or whatever tool you want to use, Skillshare or whatever online learning platform, you should be teaching yourself something new this winter. Learn a new skill, brush up on your Excel capabilities, whatever it is. Because not only are you doing something for you, you're going to feel good about it. And that's going to increase your marketability. Like we all need to be thinking about that. And I think that's the one thing. The technology is there. Costs have come so far down. You don't need to go sit in a classroom all night long learning from some boring teacher. Take the stuff online. A lot of it's self-paced. Chunk out time every week to go teach yourself something new. And if you don't know what classes to take, ask people in your field, you know, what skills should I be working on? You know what? There was another question that came up that I didn't ask, but this is really appropriate to bring it up now. Could you also use this time to like maybe start, they didn't say this, but like a plan B, you know what I mean? Reinvent themselves, pivot. Do you think use this time too to figure out, all right, what else, just in case, what else should I do? Yeah. um, I I would say, I would, you know, if if you're working, now would be a great time to start a side gig. I'm a huge believer that we should never put all of our income yeah. in one financial egg. That's the dumbest thing ever. We don't do that with our investments. We invest, we diversify yeah. our stocks and bonds, right? Why do we put all of our income reliability into one job? Because we've all seen what happens when that one job goes away. We've got goose egg. Um, and so if you have a side gig, whether it's an Instacart shopper or you're selling your artwork online, I don't care what it is, you can turn that off and on as you need. And that will give you great financial um, freedom and, and capabilities and security. Side gig it. So that's great. You know what? It's funny. I was planning for these things to be maybe half an hour. I, I'm looking at it's like an hour now. It went by I just know. like this. I know. You're amazing. Any last? Do you have any last minute advice or guidance you like to share with people? You, I know you, you got it from me. I got, <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, you are so enthusiastic and so passionate, so motivated, so and and, and so real. Uh, uh, it's it's funny. I like I feed off that energy. I love that. That's that's so fantastic. And and I think like I could maybe maybe I could use that to give some advice to people too. You have to find something to be like Hannah, where like you love what you do, you enjoy what you do. You know, every morning when you wake up, no, it's not going to be every morning, but more mornings than not, like you're like, okay, I'm, I'm excited to do something. I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to have a new challenge. I'm going to improve myself because that's, I think, the best way to go through life in your career. Because if, if you hate it, you're miserable, you're unhappy, it's just torture. It's not worth it. And, and I could say, you really, you really love it. You really have a passion for what you're doing. And that, that's really, I, I love seeing that in people. It's like, if you watch an athlete and, and do their thing and you can just see, it's like, it's like, poetry it's like music in action you know you could really appreciate it and same thing when someone enjoys their career what they do it's the same thing it's like art it's like wow this is amazing and i'm so glad i'm so glad Thanks. to have met you and talked to you because i think that's contagious and i think for people who are watching this and and we, you know we'll we have we're taping this so then we'll 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 you know put it online as well i think they're going to learn a lot i think in in about the hourish we did it boy you gave a lot 
you're just hitting people with advice, man. You're just hitting and hitting and offering some really good stuff. So I'm so happy you came on here. I'm so happy you gave such just smart, actionable advice to people. And I think it's going to help a lot of folks. I hope so. And thank you so much, Jack, for oh, my pleasure. for having me and for bringing this information to my people pleasure. right now during these times. We all need a little, little, little see, more that's help. what I'm thinking. If everybody pitches in a little bit and does a little thing, it's going to make a difference. So that's what, that's what I'm trying to do with this whole recruiter thing and these kind of calls is it's just, you know, there's so much need. There's so much anger. There's so much angst. There's so much anxiety. So like if everybody, instead of call, you know, contribute to just, just try to help. Yeah. be better we'll get out of this so that's yeah so i'm, I'm better glad. together I'm than we are independently we, well, we can we'll leave it at that perfect <laughs> that's perfect so the legendary hannah morgan live great advice thank you so much hope you enjoyed this episode of the WeCruiter podcast if you want to check out other great content from WeCruiter, make sure to visit us at WeCruiter.io. that's w-e-c-r-u-i-c-r.io We offer tons of great resources for job seekers and professionals, so make sure to check us out today.